Well, you know something, Dustin Rhodes, you paint a big target on your gourd and you walk around on the shooting range. You're like a, you're like a walking target. You might, you may as well put uh, antlers on your head and wear a fur coat and go out there during hunting season. You're throwing popcorn in the air and seagulls are flying around. They're getting ready to dump on you and I'm going to come down and I'm going to dump on you and you're going to get some color. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 26 of getting some color here. Uh, we are finally, I, I don't want to say it's a breakup because we all do podcasts anyway, uh, but we cut the nerd of view network out of there. So now we're just getting some color straight on all of the platforms of Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, but we're back. It's been a quite a bit hiatus. We were supposed to come back last week, uh, but because of the uh, holidays and stimulus checks and all that stuff that I had to, you know, do at work and all that crap, so I was uh, doing overtime. Um, but we are here. We're going to be doing a March, the first week of March of Raw and um, WCW Saturday Night. Uh, I don't know the dates. I know March 6th was the WCW uh, Saturday night, 1993. And I believe it was March 1st for the uh, Raw episode of 1993. That's right. Okay. Thank God I got that right. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, there was a couple of news. I, I want to get this out of the way. It's kind of old since, you know, it happened pretty much on the holidays, right? The day after Christmas. Yeah, shit. Um, so I was at my parents. I was scrolling through Twitter. And I saw this wrestler name called John Huber. And first I scrolled past it just like I think you said the same thing. You're like, you know, who's John Huber? And then, you know, you find out it's Brody Lee. Or maybe I'm confusing somebody else uh, with the conversation. But I I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, it, literally after the Cody match, where he hit the dog chain match, where, where he dropped the title, apparently he was injured. And apparently whatever injury or sickness that was, that it led to his death. So, yeah. um, it's sad to see. Uh, you know, I feel for the family. Uh... I like what AEW did for the family. I think they did a better job than WWE. I mean, obviously, you're not going to want to... I don't know. I, then again, Vince is Vince is, is a very emotional guy. So, I, I guess it was nice what WWE did as well. There was some homages from, like, the New Day. Apparently, Big E and fucking Brody Lee were, like, big best friends and shit. So, yeah, a lot of people were saying like, oh, man, he was a great guy. I was good friends with him and all this stuff. And um, yeah, WWE had some other tributes on the side. I mean, I can't really see having much of a reason to like stop the entire show for him. Like like what um, AEW did pretty much because maybe while he was there, that that might have happened. But. You know he's he's not there anymore. But they did do a you know graphic, and I don't know if they did. Did they do a Tim Bell salute? I don't know. I I just know that. Then again, this is Twitter. Everybody everybody knows what Twitter is all about. 
Everybody was claiming that AEW did a better job and WWE did shit. I, I saw less of what WWE did. Like, I saw a few kind of like, this is, this is going to sound bad because I'm not, like, wrecking other people who died. But every time there's, like, a mid-carder that dies, they just go, oh, he's dead. Rest in peace. And that's what WWE did for, you know, Brody Lee. Uh, obviously the wrestlers had other things to say, like Big E, like he, he, he went on like a tweet rampage of like every good thing that, you know, Brody Lee has done, like definitely during the, uh, whether you believe on the right or left, I, I thought it was nice to hear, uh, that, you know, during the George Floyd thing, uh, during the Black Lives Matter and all the chaos that was happening, Brody Lee and Big E had like a moment which was pretty cool because literally, like, Biggie was crying and Brody Lee kind of consoled him in a hug and they both cried together. Uh, again, doesn't matter if you're right or left. I just thought it was nice, you know, to, to bring up that moment. Uh, yeah. But I do have things to say that might be a little controversial where I think AEW kind of did it too much. <laughs> To the point where it breaks kayfabe a little bit. But then again... They don't care about that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because now... How can you hate the Dark Order now? Right? It, it kind of honestly se seemed ever since like October anyway. That they were kind... They were slowly changing from being like this weird heel jobber faction with a mid-card tag team and Brody Lee. Mm. It's like they're changing into kind of a, I guess, a comedy act. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, but, like, it still had that comedy heel uh, thing that they were doing. Uh, yeah. Whereas... It's, it's different from what they were originally doing, though. Yeah. Because now, like... You know, they're doing the, uh, which by the way, I don't understand the Brody Lee minus one thing for the kid. He's the negative one. Oh, I get that's, it. That's, they kept calling him negative one. Oh, okay. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, why do you keep on calling him? I'm like, oh, okay. Which by the way, I saw a couple of videos. The little kid can throw a better fucking promo than some WWE fucking uh, superstars, by the way. Well, it's like Pat McAfee and how he keeps getting praised for his promos, and he's a fucking outsider. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like, just like, let, let them do their... I know WWE doesn't care because it's full of investors, and Vince is not really running the company anymore. But, uh... Bro... He isn't, he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> But, bro, come on. Let them just fucking do what they want. <laughs> because, obviously, if a little kid can shoot a promo and fucking Marco stunt, which, by the way, it's Marco stunt. I get it. But <laughs> I think he called him, like, he did short jokes on Marco stunt, which was fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, that's my thing. I think, uh, and the reporting of, like, the, the title being uh, retired... Like the reporting was, it's, the the TNT title is retired. I'm like, dude, really? Just for, and again, not 
anything against Brody Lee, but for a mid-card wrestler who died, like, <laughs> but all they did was just give that title that the his father had, and then they just t- put the strap as black instead of red now. For yeah, Bart. they cha- they changed the look of it a little. Yeah, what's kind of cool? Yeah, I like it. What's your opinion? So, like, do you have anything about Brody Lee that you want to bring up? Um, I I don't really have much to say about that tribute show other than like yeah i thought it was good what they did you know it was mostly for the family i think yeah and then um like i don't i never really had anything bad to say about Brody lee as a person or anything it was just his booking usually yeah that i I ever had an issue with i thought he was a good worker he just never quite got his due maybe Mm -hmm. yeah he was kind of getting some traction there in AEW, like towards Really around where he had that, that dog collar match with uh, Cody. Cody. And then, like, it was, like, after that, he was just gone. And everybody kept wondering, like, where did he go? Like, that's everybody was asking about him for, like, a month or so. And now we know, but. Um, yeah, so I read up on it, apparently, because remember, me and you were just like, why are they giving the belt back to Cody? Like, that makes no sense. That kind of buries fucking Brody Lee, right? If he's yeah. be- being this exalted one which, by the way, my uh, you guys don't see it, but my camera is just not focusing. So, Zach, you're going to have to see a blurry me for a while. That's fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it's just I, apparently he was not feeling well, and that's why he dropped the title. Um, I saw a lot of dumb fucking wrestling people on Twitter. Again, it's Twitter uh, that were just like, Cody killed Brody Lee. I'm just like, what the f- Fuck. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, like, no. That, that's like when people were saying Rey Mysterio killed that one guy, remember? Because... It was just a fucking accident. It was like a freak accident in the ring. That kind of shit can happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It's just... Rest in peace, brother. Um, that, that That's all we could say. Uh, oh, another thing to bring up. Apparently, the negative one has like a a contract already when he's ready to wrestle, which <sighs> I don't know if it's that, or they're just saying he's signed to a contract now. And it's just like, maybe it's just an excuse to give his family money. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's that more than anything. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, cause you think about it, right? Like all the people that work for their shit. And this is not me. Like this makes me sound like an asshole, but you gotta you gotta see it from a different perspective. Like, literally, if the kid just doesn't work for it, he's never gonna know how it feels. In my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but then again, he's natural on the mic, so maybe. Um, Who knows? Also, fuck that guy from the pro wrestling torch who got fired because he was doing some kind of like bullshit article. Um, did you hear about that? Do you remember that? No, I didn't hear him talk about it. All right. So, uh, this guy who was writing for pro wrestling torch, I can't remember this dude's name now. Um, he wrote an article basically accusing AEW of hiding the fact that Brody Lee had COVID and he died of COVID. And he was demanding that the family like basically be transparent about what happened to him. And- <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? This was literally like just a day or so after it happened. Which, by the way, like when they 
announced that he died, it was literally it said in the articles, most of the articles not COVID related. Yeah, they they won't say what. It's fine. I don't care. It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. She just said it was a non-COVID issue. He had something wrong with his lungs and it just, just shitty luck, shitty genetics, I guess. Because yeah, because um, I again then I think. All right, let's let's play along. Let's play along that if it is he was hiding the COVID, right? Um, and let's say Tony Khan was. Then again, I can't see that happening because Tony Khan was all about you know making sure that people are wearing their masks, people are following CDC guidelines. But like for example, if they were gonna do that, then they're then they're gonna start blaming that Tony Khan was not being uh, safety wise. That's the only reason why I could think like an article like that existing. Yeah, they were. That's kind of come up again recently too, because like Chris Jericho came out recently and said, "Oh man, I got it back in September, but like nothing happened to me." Mm-hmm. He was one of those lucky ones that had no symptoms, I guess. And um, it was funny because everybody was trying to drag him through the fucking coals and saying like, "Oh man, he was there all month." wrestling with covid and it's like you dumb shits did you forget all this is pre-taped like in advance months in advance mm-hmm. they're they're like trying to make him look like like shitty or something well rem- <laughs> remember the narrative about like with covid members like if you get covid or you you've been in contact with covid just stay in your house for like two weeks and keep in mind jericho is not there every fucking week he was there every week that month they made sure to let everybody know that and then it was like you guys forgot this is all pre-taped months in advance. You yeah. guys are fucking stupid. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there, there's, I know we give a lot of shit to AEW because of their booking, but they do get unnecessary amount of bullshit articles sometimes. Yeah, but, sometimes they do. I mean, then sometimes there's shit that happens where they kind of deserve it a little bit. Like that one time that Alex Silver dude got knocked the fuck out in the middle of the match and everybody was just dragging his corpse around yeah <laughs> um that's not proper protocol i think like, yeah and then then it was the matt hardy thing which was kind of we don't know if he had a head concussion and still <laughs> and made like matt hardy and his wife come to the arena to be like i love this place i'm good i'm just gonna take it like a vacation and i'm like and he never takes that vacation yeah <laughs> He's still there. He's just not wrestling, really. Yeah. So <laughs> until now, but it, it, it's, I'm not trying to turn this into a let, let's let's shit talk AEW thing. I'm not. It's just bringing that up, and that was a r- random little news thing that came up. It just happened to be related, so I decided to talk about it there. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you know, rest in peace, brother. Uh, I liked I liked what he did. What I saw for mm. the most part. I wish he could have got more of a break. Yep. All right, so since we're still in AEW, uh, Kenny Omega is still the champion, and he's still playing, uh, I, I like to call him 1990s, 1980s video game boss anime person, because that's what he's acting like, pretty much, as like this anime character evil guy, um, with Don Callis as like the mouthpiece. Uh, so anyway, since they're doing like this impact and AEW partnership thing, uh, 
the Good Brothers are on the side of Kenny Omega. And if you don't know who the Good Brothers are, it's Luke Gallows and uh, was Anderson something? Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. I almost said <laughs> I almost said Luke Anderson. Uh, Anderson, no relation. Uh, so there was, I forgot what AEW show it was, but like they showed up and started beating people up. Um, and then there was a part, another show where John Moxley came and he was like beating him up and then like they threw him out and then the good brothers came and the Young Bucks came because, like, they were all beating up, like, most of the roster. And then Young Bucks were, like, doing this, like, don't do this. We're good guys. And then all of a sudden, like, they did their super kicks to everybody. And then they did the too sweet thing. Um, And so the Bullet Club is back together. No, according to Tamatanga, it's not. Oh, yeah, because he's the originator of the Bullet Club. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted Kenny Omega so bad to grow on his own and keep Don Callis there with him and keep like the good brothers around, but not as like the bullet club It'd be like, Hey, we used to be part of the bullet club, but we're part of the Kenny club. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it didn't go that way. They had, they had to do the two sweet, which, by the way, I thought they, I thought New Japan got sued by WWE for doing the two sweet symbol. By the way, I thought they couldn't do that anymore. I don't know. I guess we'll see if WWE sues them again, uh, or sues AEW, or maybe AEW just bought the two sweet trademark. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what to think about this. Uh, I I hate that the Young Bucks kind of joined as now heels. I guess they've been heel. Really? Do you think so? Because like they were kicking everybody. And then well, they... they did, and then they did like. So, bear with me. I think for the past few months, ever since the FTR feud started, they they were kind of turning and uh, Adam Page left, and they got like real pissy. Mm-hmm. They've they've kind of been heel anyway. Okay. Like they try, they're trying to be more edgy and angsty and shit. Like they're more pissed off because our friend left and we can't make funny videos with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and then they came here in this instance and then they acted like baby faces for like a minute, and then they just went back to being asshole heels again. Yeah. So I guess Bull Club is just going to be owning people for a while. The Kenny Club. I'm calling him the Kenny Club. Do you think Cody Rhodes is going to be like the other team? The Nightmare people are going to like go against the Bullet Club people? <laughs> the Nightmare people <laughs> versus the Kenny Club. Uh, Maybe. I don't know if they want to turn this into like a faction war within the company thing. And we talked about this a couple nights ago anyway, or at least I, I said like they have too many fucking factions in this promotion. <laughs> we counted nine. Yeah, it's like and this one just formed, and it's like, God damn, like, listen, I love I love stables. I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I've complained for years that nobody does stables anymore. Well, I was mostly talking about WWE, but then again, they're kind of like, for a while, they were the only real mainstream option you had. Yeah. And 
it's like AEW's like, oh, okay, we're here. And they're, I, I call them, I guess I call them mainstream at this point. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, they went overboard with that. <laughs> of course, I heard they were trying to, like, there was rumors going around they were wanting to, like, establish a trio's title and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, it would bring more of an excuse to have all these fucking factions if that were the case. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I never, I never understood uh, triple champions, tag team champions. It's like a th- <sighs> three-man tag team title, I guess. Just do the, do what the Freebirds and New Day done. Just switch around to champions and stuff with the tag team titles. They could do that. I But I guess if everybody did that, it wouldn't be that special. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Plus, it's an excuse to book as many people as you can in a match, and they fucking love to do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it's, you know, wrestling still wrestling. Um, it still sucks. There's going to be no people at the Rumble, and I don't care. Yeah, I'm not watching that. And I don't Maybe know. I don't know. I don't even want to say, let's watch an old Rumble. No, fuck it. We should just keep going with what we're doing. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be much better than... I mean, we could always pick another Rumble, but I, nah, fuck that shit. We've kind of got a thing going now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's all the news. I mean, there's really nothing else to talk about, right? That's wrestling. That's wrestling. <laughs> that's baseball. All right, so let's start off with Raw, March 1st, 1993. By the way, both shows kind of just go straight into a match, which I found interesting. <laughs> They pull it off a little bit better here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Bret Hart versus Fatu. Now, if you don't know who Fatu is, it's Rakishi. And uh, what what group was that? Uh, the What Samoan group was that? Uh, the Head Shrinkers. And Afa was, like, their manager. Macho <laughs> Man called him the trainer of viciousness. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> um... The, I, I'm going to say it right off the bat. I mean, this is probably the only full long match that they had, but... Between both shows, really. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought Fatu, or I'm just going to call him Rakishi. Uh, Rakishi, I believe, did a good job holding his own, but obviously Bret Hart kind of carried the match, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think he went out of his way, and he said this before, in various interviews and everything was he liked to go out there and have a good match with his opponent, help make his opponent look better. And then just, you know, everybody comes away looking better and everybody comes away feeling like that was great. That was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, to not, uh, well, first let's do our commentating team, Macho Man, Vince McMahon, and Elvis, a.k.a. Elvis. Rob, Rob Bartlett as Elvis. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> right when I thought that Vince was kind of like thinking to get him on the way out, I'm just like, he's still, still he, here. He's still here, and now he's Elvis, so whatever. Uh, I think, I'm thinking soon uh, Jerry Lawler is going to show up. Um. I don't know when, but I think it's pretty soon. And I feel like after he's going to be there for a while, he'll find Bartlett will finally go away. <laughs> I think. Hopefully. I hope so. Um. 
so what I wrote or like later in in the match, I said fuck Elvis because there there are some things that he was just saying stupid shit. It's like you're oh, always fat too, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like, fuck. hey man, hey man. Did Elvis ever actually say hey man? No, I've never known him to fucking say hey. I could be wrong. I, I mean, I wasn't fucking there, but. <laughs> I, I was just like, he's doing, this is just a big, this is an excuse for him to do a 45 minute fat joke. Yeah. That's all this is. Mm -hmm. A continuous fat joke. Yeah. I wrote a couple of things down uh, before we get into your notes. Um, I wrote, obviously, with Macho Man, the trainer of viciousness. I, I laughed my ass off when he said that. It was great. It was like advocate. That was before advocate was a thing. He's a uh, trainer of viciousness. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch him, man. Um, I wrote Fatu has a fucking awesome pile driver, by the way. Oh man, Fatu did such an awesome job in this match. Like it was cool to see Rakishi younger and a little bit lighter. Yeah, I mean he's he pretty much stays in WWF ever since this point here. He's had he goes through different gimmick changes until he just becomes Rakishi. Mm -hmm. Like he was the Sultan at some point. He fights Bret Hart as the Sultan. <laughs> and I I think he did another gimmick, but I can't remember it right now off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh. So I had to ask this question to you because did Bret Hart trick that his knee was hurting? Because that was a heel move, in my opinion. He faked a knee injury to try to get a, a roll up. And my thing is, is you got to look at it like this. It, I liked it because it gave a little wrinkle. Mm -hmm. Um. You got to think this guy outweighs him by like what 150 plus pounds, if maybe more. He's hmm. physically at a disadvantage. He's Samoan too, so he's not going to be slow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's even worse. So he's like, it's um the old, it's kind of an old thing that they used to do in territories where like, especially for the NWA champion a while back. Where like the NWA champion would basically try to defend his belt at all costs and would do kind of like some subtle heelish things. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, I I thought it was like an advantage thing, but like with the rule book of WWE, I was like, or WWF, it's like, oh, that was kind of heelish. I I really yeah. I really liked it. It was a nice uh, switch in strategy, like. Again, he's the master of, you know, technician and all that stuff. It, it goes against type for what WWF usually does. But uh, to me, it just made Brett look like a savvy competitor guy. You know, like, he knows, like, I, I know how this shit works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I wrote Rikishi's super kick was fucking cool as well. Um, oh, man. Yeah. He, like, Brett, Brett sold it well, too. Like, I think, in my opinion, if I choose super kick compared to Shawn Michaels super kick like Brett made it look good on Rakishi more than Shawn Michaels in my opinion Shawn's still not he, the super kicks new for him still right now I think mm -hmm. so I think he's still he's not quite developed it to where we know how it becomes later mm -hmm. um I I always love the Bret Hart turnbuckle cells he did like two or three of them. He did two from the back and then one from the front. And then that one always looks like he fucking dies. Yeah. Uh, but 
that's all i i wrote just like rakishi had some unreal mo moments and it, it kind of made me excited in the match it kind of made me go ooh and ah when i was like oh it's rakishi like maybe it's just gonna be bret hart's gonna show that he's you know more powerful but like it showed that one he was outnumbered he was outweighed so like he made it feel real like even though we know it's fake uh but he made the matchup feel like desperation to to yeah. win that match. And I liked it. So what's your notes on this match? Um, You said a lot of things I was going to bring up, but there's still a couple here. Like, yeah, I like the super kick spot, especially the way they set it up, where um, they do like crisscross thing, and then Brett pumps the brakes when Fatu brings his head down, like he's going to do a, a backdrop. Mm-hmm. And he just does a face buster, but Fatu fucking no sells it. Then he just super kicked him in the face. That's where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. Okay. Um, yeah, Samu comes out at some point, who's his tag partner. And then at this point in time, Brett hits a crossbody on Fatu, but he overpowers on the kick out, and Brett kind of ends up outside. Mm -hmm. And then Samu starts fucking beating the shit out of him out there. <laughs> Like slams him on the floor and he head butts him several times. <laughs> um, something's up with Brett's nose during this match and it's like bleeding. Mm -hmm. and so we got a little bit of incidental color there. Hey, made it look like he's kind of taking a little bit of a shit kicking. Oh, forgot to mute my phone there. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. So like. You know, Brett, sometimes he likes to show a little color when it's like an intense match. That could have been, you know. I think it had something to do with, like, he came out, when he came out for his entrance, he had, like, a bandage on his nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, look, it looked like something was up with his nose a little bit. So I think he did have some kind of legit injury that got, like, aggravated during the match. Mm. But uh, Vince is, it brings it up at some point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we talked about the buckles that fucking like Fatu goes like backbreaker, side slam, and then he hits his big ass power driver. <laughs> and then he starts delivering like second rope headbutts, which I've never seen I've never seen Rikishi come off the turnbuckle. Yeah, me. Except either. for except for a um bonsai drop. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was like, whoa shit, you know? And then um I like the superplex spot they did though, where Brett just pops up after the, he goes for the second one, mm -hmm. and he's punches him in the gut. He he fucking nut shots on the turnbuckle, and then he superplexes him, and it's it's like a good one because yeah. of the weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Brett does his. This is I love this comeback sequence into the finisher here. He's he does the bulldog bat breaker second rope elbow. He goes through a sharpshooter, but Alpha distracts him, and Samu breaks it up, and they switch places because they kind of look similar. Mm -hmm. Like they're both big Samoan guys; they both have like kind of stringy black hair. So if his back's turned, it just looks like it's Fatu, really. Yeah, and he did a good job of like when he was doing the pin because he like he turned his head a little bit. Yeah, he kind of turned his back to the ref, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's 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 good, you know. That's some good shit there. Yeah. Um, and then Fatu switches back in. It's like they don't overplay their hand. They're smart about it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, go back in. And then uh, 
Brett gets Fatu in a sleeper and kind of runs him into the ropes. And he, he hits Samu, who's trying to get out, and he flips and gets tangled in the ropes. And he's like hanging and getting yeah. choked. <laughs> yeah. And then Alpha comes up there and he's like, bah, bah. he's like trying to distract him. And then Brett just runs up and fucking drop kicks him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does the Russian leg sweep, gets the sharpshooter, and wins. Mm-hmm. Good. W- would, you, would you score it? I gave it a. Uh, a uh, seven point seven five out of ten. I gave it a seven point two out of ten. Um, also, I wanted to know Hebner counted the sharpshooter down like he was being pinned for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I got confused at one point. I was like, "What the fuck?" He goes down one, two, three, and then he's like, "Fuck!" He tapped out. <laughs> like you realize what he did after he did it. Well, there was one point where, he, like, uh, Bret Hart like had him down, like pinning and earl hebner like counted one two and then he stuttered because like i guess rakishi didn't like kick out and <laughs> i wrote in my notes i said screw job like <laughs> hebner's always screwing fucking brett because like he literally could have won but it was just like a mistake between rakishi and and brett but like brett was being professional and made it look like he was yelling at the referee like come on do your job a. <laughs> a. I never heard him say A. Yeah, me either. He doesn't say a boot either. Just, just... So, so, yeah, after that, we have a WrestleMania report with Mean Gene. Mm-hmm. It's 90s looking as hell, all the graphics and everything. Yeah, it kind of gives you the card that um, some I care about and some I just kind of wince, but... <laughs> yeah, now, we, now we, they're giving us Shawn Michaels versus Tataka. Mm. okay okay then mr perfect and lex luger and i'm like okay you Mm. know that sounds like it could be good then you got the 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 mega maniacs and the money inc and crush and doink who they're still pushing like crazy yeah it's this fucking nothing feud it feels like um what are you gonna say i said i don't know just like i even like after the the wrestlemania update like when we get to the crush promo, I'm just like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah, it's at this point, the Elvis shit is really starting to get on my nerves, and it's old as fuck now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're basically about 20 minutes into the show, and I'm like, this this sucks. I was kind of <laughs> hoping he'd just go back to normal, but no, he just does the Elvis gimmick all the way through. Yep, all the way through. Um, We go to Crush on a beach. And he says Bretta eight times in 25 seconds. Yep. <laughs> and he, he crushes, ha, a coconut with his hands to show us that that's for Doink. Yep. And speaking of, Doink versus Coco Beware. Yeah, Doink comes out, goes around the ring, carrying this present uh, that they're wondering what's in that box. Uh, they go in a match. And I have to ask you this question because it was straight dominance by Doink. Was this a yeah. was this a squash match? Because I didn't this was I think this was a squash because fucking Coco got no offense. Yeah, that's I saw no offense and I was like, I guess this is a squash. I like they were kind of pushing Coco with uh with you know I almost said Owen Wilson, uh, Owen Hart. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh. 
with with Owen Hart, and I was like, wow, they, they kind of buried him a little bit. But then again, it's just like they weren't being pushed as like tag champions, so I guess whatever. I don't know. Coco was kind of always like a mid Carter. Mm. Now he's jobbing the doink. Yeah. Uh, and then Elvis, aka Rob Bartlett, interviews Doink, and the president explodes in in uh, Elvis's face. No, he he pie he throws a pie in his face. Oh, I remember ca- he gives Elvis he gives Elvis a pie like a little pie. Mm. It's, oh, a little banana cream pie. This guy's all right, you know, because I'm fat and I like food. Then he hits him with a pie. Mm. <laughs> and it, this is the part I like best. Doink is basic is heel pretty much. Like this is established that Doink is a heel. Mm-hmm. And when he throws a pie at fake fat fuck Elvis's face, he gets a baby face pop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, he did the heel act all the way through his entrance too. He came out and he was teasing people with this present, taking it away from him, and looking like an asshole, mm-hmm. and just like be looking miserable. And I also liked he squirted a kid in the face with water with yeah. his little flower. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> a little bit Joker. So he did. He was heel all the way. He kicked the shit out of Coco and fucked him up, and then he got a baby face pop for that. Yeah. And I'll let you know everything you need to know about Rob Bartlett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another interview happened, huh? So Money Inc. came out with events, and uh, yeah. So I I I thought the promo was good. I I liked Ted DiBiase's uh, promo where you know he's kind of going, you know, there's only one weak person, and that's <laughs> Brutus, pretty much. We we know who the, the the power is, pretty much, and it's Hulk Hogan. And like they can go, they can keep uh, Jimmy Hart because, you know, it's like cutting a fat and uh, or cutting a loss, like with the, with the money, uh, because they're money ink. Uh, He's talking about assets and money and acquisitions and all the shit. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I when it gets to the IRS, I don't know. I just it didn't click with me what he said. I was just like, all right, you're just gonna yell in the microphone because that's what you do. You're IRS. <laughs> he, he makes some IRS puns and some talks about liquidations or some bullshit. And he has the briefcase and he has like a picture of Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, I like that. Ta- taped to it, and he calls it the what did he call it? The the beef case. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, the beef case. And I'm like, what? That's so awkward. Just say it's your fucking liquidation case or some bullshit. I think you they liquid you liquidated his face. I, I think I think they're calling it beefcakes because it went into beef's face. Ha. So I think I mean I, IRS, like honestly, like it was just okay. Like he didn't fuck up and he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. Mm-hmm. He he was just kinda there. Yeah. <laughs> I I will I will uh give them credit. <laughs> Well, I didn't cre- not credit. I wrote LOL in my notes. I said, LOL, what is that IRS camera view from the bottom up? Because they had the camera guy like look straight up at the IRS man. Uh, and I was like, what camera view is that? Are they just experimenting with this shit here? I was like, whatever. Uh, and then they finally announced that, you know, the titles are on the line at Mania. So, yeah. Which I was surprised because I was like, Usually heels go. I'm not gonna do this, 
and you know, I don't know have like the faces come out and like force them to put the titles on the line. But they kind of go, you know, we we know Brutus Beefcake is just not good, so we're gonna put these titles on the line. <laughs> More or less, that's what they say. Yeah. But I I thought it was okay. I thought half of that promo was good. It was all right. <laughs> all right. So we're going into another squash match, and I wrote LOL fat ring ladies again to piss off Lex. Both of them. And then Elvis is like, oh, look at the meat on them. You know, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the narcissist is, or AKA Lex Luger, faces against PJ Walker. Yeah, and it was pretty much a squash match with a Bobby Heenan promo. I, I'm guessing he's still with the company, kinda. Yeah, he did the phone call thing, um, and um, at, it was kind of hard to tell what they were really talking about. It seemed like they were just talking about nothing. It was unrelated to like anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seemed to have more to do with the fucking fake Elvis shit. Yeah. And, it's just like I'm still sitting here thinking, like, God damn it, why couldn't he man- manage fucking Lex Luger? I feel like that could have been something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lex's squash match, he looked pretty good doing it. Yep. It's just everything detracted from it, and like I don't understand what it is with this guy. They got this dude in, and Vince comes up with this gimmick for him to be this narcissist. And he was doing the pose in front of the mirror shit in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of cool. It makes you know, it's like this guy's an asshole. He's really vain. Um, but it just seems like every time he goes to do something, something is just detracting and distracting from whatever he's doing. And it's and they make it seem like it's not as big of a deal that they have this guy. Yeah, and I think I I I, I truly think what we talked about. I think. <laughs> Him and Bobby Heenan were supposed to do, do some big things. And, you know, obviously things fall out where Bobby Heenan leaves. And now, like, and you got to keep in mind, Bret, Bret Hart is like the big dog. Like, for now. <laughs> yeah, for now, until Vince goes, I want, you know, Shawn Michaels to be the guy. Uh, they're, go- they're going away from big wrestlers because of the the steroid thing right they were that's kind of over now though because they he tries to re-push hogan and then right after that blows up in his face he goes to luger immediately yeah so yeah i mean Brett, brett's the guy right now but he he ends up falling out of favor because of hogan mm-hmm. and this, this luger thing and yokozuna i mean yokozuna had nothing to do with it he was just fucking there and they, vince wanted to push him and make a big heel and it worked yeah um, but yeah, it's it, it's sad seeing like this gimmick that you know we kind of like just turn into. We know it's gonna turn into shit. So, like, I'm not saying it's great and it's amazing, and it's making him over. It could make him like a huge superstar that we all missed out on because his WWF run just wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I think this could have been something. It could have probably been better than even how his babyface role ended up. Yeah. Um, he does the pen with the pinky, which I like, by the way. Yeah, I love that where he just pins him with his pinky and is just dead. I also like how he like rolled him out of the ring and put him up in front of the the mirror, and he cut a promo at the camera. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy is is pasty, vomit white, typical male. 
endomorph and he just throws him to the ground and he's and, like me yeah <laughs> and what's funny is like he doesn't like throw him lightly he throws him like fucking hard dude and i was like oh shit i was like i always like and, and this is like weird things that i think about when this happens because like i don't know what the locker room is like back in the 90s like i i figure some of these heel people are like nice people sometimes and some are like dick wrestlers but i feel like you know somebody like pj walker would be like hey man i can't wait to wrestle you and like lex luger just being really nice for some strange reason <laughs> and you and then you see him like throw him to the ground like that and i just go oh, okay <laughs> lex is just trying to get over i think there's probably an understanding like as far as i knew uh lex was never really unprofessional mm-hmm. so i don't think anything i don't think it was anything like that it's kind of like when you're going to, to have a match with scott steiner and you just it's look brother it's just business i'm trying to get over and you know you're going to get tossed around like a sack of shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, there's an understanding speaking of scott steiner yeah uh, uh the steiner brothers is the main event against Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy. Was that Dwayne Gill? Yeah. I didn't catch their names. Like they're, they're they didn't they never came up or anything. I I guess they just said them. I had to it was on the WWE network. So Oh, Barry Hardy? Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" This, that's hilarious is Dwayne Gill though. I feel like this show is booked fucking backwards. Yeah, this should like, this should have been the it, first match, and the Bret Hart match should have been the ending. By the way, we didn't bring this up in the Bret Hart match at the end, and he's it said still champion. Was that a fucking? It was a title match. It was a title match. So that's weird. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I only have a couple of notes because they they don't get any offense they get get no fucking offense yeah (laughs) they're just there to get their asses kicked and you know what it's fine because it all looked good it was irritating yeah i wrote love the pump handle slam i kind of miss that in wrestling sometimes there's only like a few people that do it today um and i wrote sloppy frankensteiner because he does like the gestures to the crowd like he does like this or something like that and then yeah. he throws him in a ring and then he like hits him and i thought he broke his neck uh because it was like that close to the fucking ring like breaking his neck and i was like oh shit it's like whatever you might not have been ready for it mm-hmm. it's like i said like like i heard man it's like when scott steiner does the frankenstein you're going over with him whether you're ready or not mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it just ended abruptly, pretty much. That was fine. Why shouldn't it? No, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying anything. I know. Bad. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's like, why shouldn't it? Because like, look at these guys versus these guys. <laughs> um. So my final notes for the whole show is the Bret Hart match really made me surprised about like Raw caring about having good matches. Yeah, I wrote, thank God for Bret Hart and Fatu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wrote, I hated Elvis. I thought I, I, they need to get rid of that. Fuck uh, Rob Bartlett. I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> promos were meh, besides uh, Lex, in my opinion. And, and, and yeah. 
and Ted DiBiase. Mm. Um, I I I wrote Doink getting pushed, huh? <laughs> I mean, he's been pushed since we started this. Yeah, so it's 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 continuous. I think Vince really likes this character. He really likes this Doink idea. Mm-hmm. It seems like something he he would like be really taken in by. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give this whole show because literally, like. One match and a couple of promos and some negatives because of Elvis. I give it a 5.75 out of 10 for the whole show. Okay. I have, let's see. There's only a couple notes I have uh, that don't repeat what you said. I wish the Steiners could have a long competitive match. I just want to see that. They had that match with the Beverly Brothers and it was kind of longer, but it was like, you didn't feel like that was a competitive match really. Mm-hmm. It kind of always felt like they were barely hanging on, like they they you know they they're cheating a lot and just stuff like that. That's fine. It's just I want to see that match. Well, maybe um, the, maybe they're gonna lead to because I think Hulk Hogan and 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 uh, Brutus get the titles, and I don't know what happens along the way. Um, maybe... I don't think they lose them. I think they just fucking get vacated. I don't know, but maybe Steiner Brothers are moving up to be champions, or did they just get lost in existence and they just go to WCW? I think they're just lost in the shuffle for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think Vince likes putting them on because they're just these tough, raw-boned wrestler guys that throw fucking people around. He likes that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, but I think later they do get a title run in WWF. It's, I don't think it's very long, but they get it. Um, it's just not now. Uh, I also wrote, it's no wonder the narcissist gimmick didn't get over well because Lex Luger gets treated like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Cause every time everybody talks about Lex Luger, there's like, Oh, WWF is like the narcissist. And it was like, what the fuck's that? I don't know. It's like, well, when you, if you go back and you watch what's going on, it's no wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what the, they, they acquired this guy. I mean, Lex Luger was a big acquisition back then. And, it's like now it's just like I don't know. He's put him in a squash match and we'll fucking do other shit, and not focus on what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Other than that, that's it. Um. The way I score things, uh, this show was heavily skewed by that one really good match. Hmm. And I like I still took things away from just for other things like fucking Rob Bartlett being there and doing a really shitty fat joke forever. Yeah. Um, the, none of the squashes were bad in my opinion. Uh, I didn't have a problem with any of them. Um, they gave me what I wanted. I wanted a, a, a good match. I could sink my teeth in. They, they finally did it. And I, I was also complaining about Bret Hart, not being on TV, wondering where the fuck he is. Well, here he is the next episode. Yep. <laughs> so they gave me what I wanted. Um, nothing bad really happened outside of the fat Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. Okay, so you gave it a one, like pretty much a one whole point more than I did. Uh, and it was honestly just because of that match. If that match did not happen, this will probably be another really low graded show. But that was half the show. Like, yeah, honestly, it was like twenty minutes. Um. I 
how I grade things is I always started off with that five out of ten because Me it, too. It, it's always average until like either I it's a really shitty situation and it goes lower um, mm -hmm. like a lot of raw matches that we've seen in the past so far or it goes up a little bit like the 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 match with Bret Hart and a couple of the promos and like the squash matches like I don't count in there but like I still am entertained but I still don't add that as part of my uh, like count um so I just do what I feel like had my attention because every time I see somebody that I don't know and I know it's just like a a local I go it's going to be a squash match but if it's if it's funny I, I'll laugh and you know there's some things that were funny like doink and everything and uh, you know, uh, Lex Luger and all that stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm kind of similar to how you're doing it. it I, squash matches don't really influence my final score unless something happens in them that really stands out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that one squash match, I still don't forget where Ron Simmons beat the ever living piss out of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that was amazing. Uh, but um, like. Promos don't sway a whole lot. They can if they're really good, or they can the other way if they're bad. And in this case, it was just, to me, there was a, a ho-hum Money Inc. promo. It was hmm. Ted DiBiase's done better than that, but it wasn't bad. And IRS was, and Mike Rotunda was never known for promos. So he just, he can deliver verbiage and it won't suck. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it. I mean, we kind of gave them shit last week or last time we did it we we're just like yo that was like way too much promo stop it <laughs> you're starting to become like what uh rap promos are today where you have to have a 15 minute promo you don't well, need it was just like they, they were doing the same shit they were retreading the same ground with, and it all added up mm -hmm. let's give hogan 10 minutes here let's give hogan 10 more minutes here it's like you just gave him 10 more like what the fuck <laughs> yeah uh, oh um we didn't mention this uh, next week we get the model versus Mr. Perfect. Oh yeah, that's gonna be pretty good, probably. I feel like. Yeah, so hopefully the matches start turning around in WWE. I think they're starting to get a feel of what they want to do. I think they're seeing yeah. that like, oh wow, if we put superstars on here, we get more ratings, and and I think we're gonna start to see that pretty soon. I think after WrestleMania nine, which is by the way, after, uh, next month, so. Uh huh. So that that's gonna be interesting uh, for us to cover. Um, anyways, let's get into some WCW Saturday Night. Another show where it just goes straight in the middle of a match. It just starts. The match is going when the show starts. Yeah. It's like two cold Scorpios fighting fucking Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. I'm like, is that too cold? Because he changes get his gear. Mm -hmm. He's wearing trunks now. I'm like, oh yeah, it's him. Okay, it was it was. I was like totally thrown off by that. Yeah, it was two cold Scorpio, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. That's right. Versus Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker and your favorite guy, Bob Cook. Bomber Bob Cook. Which, by the way, um, Jesse Ventura put over his punches again. Um, so did Tony Schiavone. <laughs> yeah. And there was a little offense, so that means that this is a match. It's not a squash they, match, in my opinion. They, yeah, they, they had a heat segment where they took over for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to say, cause it threw me off a little bit and I don't know is if it was just communication because there was a point where two cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, like 
Bagwell had to like turn Scorpio to be like, "Hey, you need to do this like spot because you just you, you're a high flyer, and you're gonna do this." And then you ju- you see the other two, Bob Cook and Parker, just like bunch up so that he can get tossed into the uh, or bench pressed over the ropes to them. Yeah, he like military presses him over. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of odd. Like I said, I maybe it was a communication that they just wanted to do a spot. And Two Cold Scorpio was just, you know, getting it with the into with the crowd because they were popping, dude. It was pretty loud there. I think it's just one of those things. Sometimes you see it with tag teams where the one guy will go to the other. Hey, come here, do this. And then they do a, a double team move. Mm-hmm. I think that's all that was. Now, I think there was a legit miscommunication at the end of the match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't write that much because there wasn't much to really get into and pick apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying it's bad or anything. It's just, uh, you know, cold and, and Mab do some cool double teams and they get some heels on, they get, they get the heels on the ropes until bomber Bob bombs Marcus Alexander Bagwell in the face several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make sure to show it and call it out too. Yeah. I love that. They keep on putting over his punches, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't have a lot of notes for this. I, I I just thought it was you know quick entertaining match to kind of just show that the crowd is going nuts and it actually it comes full circle when it comes to the the pop in the crowd, uh, which we will get to the end uh, soon. Um, but I gave it a straight five out of ten. It was good. I gave it a little higher. This was the thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, let's see. The. Yeah, Marcus tags Scorp to get he to start cleaning house. He got the hot tag. And then they're going into the finish. So Cold tags Marcus and they run together. And then Cold did a flying shoulder block, but Marcus just stood there and watched it. <laughs> like he stopped in mid stride and just stood there. And then he like looked down and was just like, Oh. And then he picks him up and does his finisher and wins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was supposed to do the shoulder tackle with him. Yeah. And just fucking did he like his brain froze or something. I don't know. It was <laughs> fun. Okay. I give it 5.75 out of 10 because it was kind of entertaining and they did some cool shit together. You know, it was fine. Nice. All right. So first squash of the match of the night. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of these. Yeah. British Bulldog versus the Mask Wrecker. Um, I wrote I wrote nothing. It was a squash. Davy Boy looked good. Yeah, I I wrote, and even Jesse Ventura was confused on why he's called Mask Wrecker. I was like, does he wreck a mask? Is or does he rest wreck while he's wearing a mask? What what is the point? <laughs> why is he named that? I think he was trying to infer is he like Repo Man, but he wears a full mask. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I I didn't write anything. I, I just said British Bulldog, fucking amazing. Those pecs, <laughs> the, those arms. Yeah, he made sure to point yeah. that out, dude. Look at his arms. I'm like, holy fuck, he's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> like his arms are as big, like almost half the size of that guy's torso. By the way, what what's his finisher move? Because like Jesse Ventura calls it the British Bulldog Power Slam. Is that what it's called? It's it running Power Slam. Okay. Or Power Slam. Whatever. Oh, okay. Um. So we got our first tag team of the night. 
um, Vinny Vegas and Big Sky versus Boring Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat. Hey, you skipped something here. Oh, what, what did I miss? Tony talks to Missy Hyatt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. So she comes out and she's tired of being an announcer. And it seems like she just turns heel in the interview. Because he talks about how it's like, there's plenty of big, dumb men back there that'll just do whatever I tell them to do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, are you? is she positioning herself to become a manager now? It seems like it. It's like she turned heel and became a manager. Yeah, and which is interesting because I don't, again, I don't know. Um, but Missy Hyatt wants to talk to Ric Flair. And, we still don't know why. Yeah, and Tony Schiavone is like, well, what do you what do you want to talk to him about? It's like, I ain't going to tell you. And like... <laughs> This is between me and him. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is, I liked it. It was funny. Tony Schiavone always is the interviewer where, like, women yell at him and berate him. So it's. Apparently, yeah, this, apparently this was established like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then we get into the match of Vinny Vegas, Big Sky versus Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat. So what what notes do you have on this one? Because I wrote, man, Shane Douglas is so boring, and even in the ring as well. He's fine. He doesn't do anything bad, but he doesn't really, like, do anything that stands out either. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wrote this. Jesse had a great line as soon as the match started. It had nothing to do with the match, but it was great. He said, these two big boys here, they don't want to, like, you know, try to match power with them. And then he, like, waits a second, and he's like, speaking of two big boys, that Missy, I tell you. <laughs> and then I was just like, what did he just – he's talking about her tits. He just, like, came out and said that. And then Tony's like, I can't believe you. Like, what kind of – like, you're you're a despicable man. He's like, but I am a man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I miss wrestling like that. Where, yeah, where they could say, I mean, "Come on, come on, let's be real." It's like Missy Hyatt is partially there because she looks good. Yep, that's that's just part of it. And but, she um, and she's a woman and annoying at the same time. So well, that's her gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what did I write here? Steamboat Shane double team the hell out of Vegas and then work the arm and then Big Sky gets in. And then he gets the same until he overpowers Douglas. And I'm like, okay, finally, it's going to get interesting here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Super long heat on Douglas. I was wrong about that. <laughs> it goes way too long. Yep. They double team. And, like, he, he tags Steamboat in. They double team clean house. And then Austin and Pillman come out and attack. <laughs> and they cause a DQ. And, the, and they're going to, like, try to re-injure Shane Douglas, it looks like. Looks like they're going to fuck his leg up again. Uh-huh. And then Steamboat grabs a fucking chair and chases both of them to the back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. Somebody somebody got upset about something. Yep. <laughs> I, I thought the match was okay. It was pretty average. Um, I agree with you with the whole Shane Douglas thing. It was a little bit too long. Um, I kind of predicted that uh, the Hollywood Blondes would come out and interfere. Because I'm like... They're gonna want to do damage on them. Uh, I I how do how can I put this? Yeah, because they they capitalize with you know Big Sky and Vinny Vegas uh, fucking them up, and they're just like, "This is our moment. <laughs> Let's go fuck them up even more now." Yeah, and, 
And then I, I just love Ricky Steamo uh, saving his teammate and just chasing him with a fucking chair. So Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. Let's you know how much of a baby face Steamboat is. Yeah. <laughs> I um, gave, I gave it a you give it? I gave it a five point two five out of ten. Okay. I'm uh gonna walk mine back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a five point five out of ten. Okay. And I'm gonna do that. Because it was it was just twenty point twenty five points lower, but uh, I did kind of complain about the long heat, but uh, you know, Big Sky is pretty solid, and Nash is still kind of surprising me with how he works here. Because mm-hmm. it's it's weird; he's kind of like in the in between point of how he ends up, where it's like somebody's told him, "Hey, brother, you're like huge. You need to work like you're a huge guy," but nobody told him yet to slow down yeah <laughs> like 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 where he ends up so he's like throwing these big punches and shit and there was a part where he was fighting both of them off at the same time and it looked pretty convincing like he was beating their asses and i was like he's looking pretty good here you know like really by the way they look terrifyingly bigger than taker and kane by the way because i was like holy shit i was like Vinny vegas and big sky are fucking huge Nash is, he might be a legit seven feet tall. You're, you're really close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 6'11 or something, 6'10. But, uh, big, yeah. big Sky is like about 6'8 at least. Yeah, that dude, dude's pretty big too. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. I'm still waiting for Steamboat to get out of this fucking tag team and just do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I, he doesn't got much time left i know his career ending injury is like within six months to a year from now mm-hmm. but yeah um so we have like two quick meh matches in my opinion uh, squashes. Yeah. yeah so the first match was max Payne versus rick hardock hard rock <laughs> hard rock. I, gotta, I wrote dude, his name is rick hard rock and i looked at him I saw the name on the graphic, and I'm like, dude, his name is Rick Hard Rock. <laughs> I'm like, he should be teaming up with Max Payne. Yep. They should be a tag team, but instead, Max Payne beat his fucking ass, and Rick Hard Rock didn't do shit. Yeah, it was an armbar. Like, they're still selling that armbar, by the way, that uh, Johnny B. Bad got injured from. I mean, that's that's a good move. The Fujiwara armbar is a good submission move. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, like, they're that's their thing with him right now is they're trying to put over that arm bar i think they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with him now because it's like he had that match with dustin that title match and he got exposed in it at least i thought he did mm-hmm. and it's like what the hell do we do with this guy now and it's like, i don't fucking know we yeah. have to rebuild him from scratch i guess <laughs> uh next match speaking of johnny be bad it was johnny be bad versus danny deets uh, I didn't catch a first name. I thought they were calling him Deese. Why? Well, uh, I he, he didn't have a graphic either. They didn't have a graphic for his name. I found it online. I usually get the card, and then when I write notes, I just write what I see. So is it Danny De- Deets? Yeah, D E I T Z. I like. I'm just gonna call him Deese. <laughs> I think that's better. It's like weird, is it? It's like his name's Dees. It, it stands out a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, John to be bad wins with a left hook, and I wrote meh. <laughs> I was like, he looks solid. He did some good shit. He did some like you know some good baby face shit. Arm drag, arm drag, arm ringer, arm arm bar, drop kick, mm-hmm. baby face shit, clothesline. Yeah, I like I like how he puts like this uh, sticker of like a lips on people that are you know he's giving kisses to. Yeah, I like how he reaches into his pants and pulls that from his balls and then puts it on his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. What a heel. Uh. <laughs> um, so these next two um, match segments uh, are weird. <laughs> uh, but I get it, I guess, because they have to like show that they hate this team because they got embarrassed last week or last time. Yeah. So Wrecking Crew faced, did a squash match with Dave Hart and Mick Kieber, uh, which pretty much Wrecking Crew just wrecked them and then got on we the mic. Ba- we came back from a break and they were beating their ass like when we came back. So like this happened again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they win and then they automatically get on the mic. Uh, the, the good Wrecking Crew member who doesn't sound like a, a, a lady. Fury. Yeah, Fury. And he's like, you know, saying, Cole Brothers, you need to get out of here because we're going to beat your ass. Kind of. I'm just paraphrasing at this point. Uh, he's like, I want, you know, management, get WCW management here. And, dude, that is a tall-ass president, by the way, for WCW. Grizzly Smith. It's yeah. Jake Roberts' uh, dad. Yeah. He's fucking huge. Yeah. And, and I, it's funny because he's like, calm down, calm down. And then I had to know the Cole Brothers come out and, be, and, you know, pretty much come up from behind and start the match. Yeah. So what do you have to say about the Cole Brothers versus Wrecking Crew? Um, it was it was okay. I thought uh, it was interesting because like Wrecking Crew were more aggressive. They did a lot more power moves this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there wasn't a whole lot to say about it. I thought. I mean, like the Coles tried to do some you know babyface offense. You'll drop kicks, fucking arm drags, and fucking cross bodies, and. Eventually, they get to this point where both calls fly out the ring at the same time. I don't remember, like, what happened. But they, they both fall out, and then they switch. Like, the more fresh one gets in out of the two of them. And, uh, and That's another heel move right there, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and then Fury goes to suplex him, I think, and then he just hooks him and gets inside cradle pin. Which, by <laughs> the way... win again. Yeah, which, by the way, the Cole brothers... Um, they got a huge pop from the crowd. So you did. Uh I I gave this a I just gave it a straight five. Because I was like, it was it was okay. And I like the Cole Brothers still. But I, I don't know. I can't get behind Wrecking Crew at all. I'm gonna give this a five point seven five out of ten. Hmm, Mostly bit. because of the surprise factor of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just did, like, this, it's like we just came back from a break, and then we see two guys, two generic-looking creative wrestler guys get their ass kicked. And <laughs> then the Wrecking Crew gets on the mic, and they want the Coles again. And they get them after, you know, some shit happens. And that was certainly a, a match that happened that I didn't expect. 
So really just the suddenness of it, but which I think counts for something. I didn't predict this would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got me. And that's what kind of sucks about wrestling now is it's very predictable. Yeah. So that kind of helped me like it a little bit better more than what it was worth liking, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Rick Rude had a promo. That was my pro. I sort of paraphrased it, but yeah, he, he, he started talking about dumping on Dustin. And I was just like, what the fuck are you? You talking about taking a shit on him? Cause you see, he started saying that after you're talking about birds circling him. Like he did a lot of biblical stuff because he did the cross thing. I've been crucified. I was I was at the top of the mountain, and then I came down, and I was ashes, and then they they crucified me. Because because I, <laughs> I remember Stone Cold uh, during his podcast, he's like Rick Root is very religious. So like when they were driving at one point, and uh, Stone Cold said "God damn it" or or something like that, like Rick yeah. Root got pissed, and uh, <laughs> so Don't like you say that again. Yeah, so like when I saw him do the crucifix promo, and I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> so I get it now, I guess. Uh, I thought I thought it was I I really liked it. It was nice seeing Rick Rude, by the way. Yeah, I was I've been looking forward to seeing him again because his his WCW run is like so much better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I was really hyped about it. It was nothing like too extraordinary, uh, but but enough to be like. Oh man, I can't wait to see Rick Rude and obviously, hopefully, Dustin soon. He, it, there was evidence that he could cut his own promo because, uh, man, when he was in WWF, he didn't really talk too much on his own. Mm-hmm. He, he was always like with Bobby Heenan or, or something, and Bobby Heenan would talk. I mean, yeah, if you're with Bobby Heenan, fucking let him talk, but you know, still, it was just like, oh, okay, so, so Rude can't cut a you know kind of a promo. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else here. Oh yeah, the Dustin Rhodes versus Rip Rogers. By the way, what the fuck is hair? I wrote this down. I said, Rip, Rip is rocking the pigtails plus unicorn horn long before Kofi ever did. Yeah, I wrote that down too. It's like New Day. <laughs> the New Day was inspired by Rip Rogers. So obviously, you know Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone. Uh, you know, talk about the hair. He's like, whoa, is that three ponytails? And I'm like, <laughs> and I just laughed out loud because like Jesse Ventura does a dumb Minnesota accent talking about fucking ponytails and shit. Uh, um, Rip Rogers. And I know he, he, he's a, he's, he's a heel wrestler, but it's still like threads the line of a comedy wrestler, especially with the hair at this point. Right. He's like, yeah, like this is his thing. I know it kind of blurs the line because you hear talk sometimes about oh comedy wrestler bullshit and stuff, but he's a comedic heel in the right way, mm-hmm. I think, which is like this guy who's just like this aloof goober who like tries to cheat and take shortcuts and thinks he's fucking awesome, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And it's like that because he never he always gets his come up and then he gets shown up. That's the thing. Dustin was doing a lot of technical wrestling on him, by the way, a lot of holds. Yeah. That was, that led to one of my favorite little moments in that match. I mean, I, I like the shit where like rip backs him in the corner immediately. He starts trying to chop him. 
<laughs> Dustin just turns around and starts chopping the shit out of him. <laughs> it was like brutal. And then they yeah, he starts doing some like some holds. He starts working his arm and shit. He puts him in a hammer lock and does that float over pin thing. Yeah. And then it's like Rip's trying to grab Dustin's ear and pull his ear to get out of it. It's like little little shit like that. You just don't ever really like see people do. Yeah, that was a weird hold that Dustin had because it looked like he was trying to pin him, but like also put him in like a hold. And I'm just yeah, like, like, and, and I'm like, that's kind of weird. Is that even a move, or they just he's just like tussling around with him? I it's I think it's an old tech you know thing that just doesn't get used anymore because i saw ricky steamboat do that a month or so ago too oh, okay um and i get it. it nobody really calls it out but it's like you're you're you got a guy in a hammer lock and you're you're pulling him over and it's forcing his back and shoulders to the mat it's forcing him into a pen but at the same time you've got a hold on him mm-hmm. so i get it it makes sense um what what else did i put here um oh they, they do a crisscross thing and rip gets a little bit offense and then dustin comes back but he does some leapfrogs he does one leapfrog and then he goes to do the second one and then dustin never comes and he's just like looking around and then dustin just bulldogs him and beats him yeah which by the way i love that bulldogs are a finisher now or yeah because it's a heavy move you know their head Here's going into the ground. Here's a question since we just we've seen these. Um who does a better bulldog, Dustin or Brett? I'm gonna go with Brett. I'm gonna go with Brett too. Like I yeah. like Dustin's, but I like Brett's because it just looks like he just drives your fucking head into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like like he runs full speed and just goes blam and like he, your your face and your head just get planted. Yeah, because it looks like Dustin is protecting too much, and Brett, he does it, he protects you, but it also looks like he's killing you at the same time. That's uh, like all his moves, though, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that, I would I would say a Brett Bulldog is more powerful looking than a Dustin. I, I like Dustin's too, though, because I like when he gets air. He gets air, and it's like he brings you down, and it's almost like he's like DETing you in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I gave this a 6 out of 10 because I was like, Dustin did, did good, and Rip Rogers, even though he's goofy as fuck, he still did a pretty good job. So I give it a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 6.25 out of 10. Oh, shit. Just because Rip, I, I like Rip. I've heard a lot about Rip Rogers, and it was like, now that I'm seeing him, and this this might be in the latter part of his career or something. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's kind of settled into like this role of, basically, he's enhancement talent. Yeah. <laughs> as they would say but he gets the most out of it he maximizes all of his time in the ring like you when you see rich rip rogers in a squash it, i mean i don't call this a squash because he, he did get offense but you know what i mean like you know he's gonna lose yeah but he makes sure to do things that you remember or something stands out anything yeah i kind and this is kind of shitty to put because i know you can't really compare him to, you know, uh, Santino, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of how he, even when Santino was kind of a heelish comedy person, when he was like teaming up with the, like Beth Phoenix kind of way, because Beth Phoenix was a heel. Um, it was kind of just like, I don't know. It's if I had to compare somebody 
with uh, Rip Rogers, it would be Santino because that's the closest thing I could think of as far as a guy who's a comedy wrestler, but Rip Rogers is a better wrestler than Santino. Yeah, if you're going to like try to make a contemporary comparison for somebody to make them understand, like, what the fuck is Rip Rogers? Yeah. What's he doing here? That Yeah, that's, that's fair, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have to give some flack to WCW camera crew, by the way. Um, yeah. Because these two promos, dude, like, I understand what the wrestlers were doing because when, you, when you're a wrestler doing a promo, it's either you're looking at a camera or if you're outside with the fans or inside the, uh, the arena with the fans, you're speaking to the fans. So the cameraman should be getting a view of the wrestler talking to the fans. I saw at least 75% of the wrestlers back in both promos. Uh, yeah, like, I, thankfully, they corrected it. Like, okay, like in the Dustin one with with Paul Orndorff coming out later, they didn't really fix it. Yeah. Like, but the second promo with Flair, like, he sort of figured out what was going on, and he kind of changed where he was facing, and it, it was fine. Yeah. Uh. So quickly... Dustin gets interviewed and pretty much Tony Schiavone says, well, did you see the pro- promo with uh, Rick Rue talking about dumping on you? Uh, and uh, that's me paraphrasing everybody. It's pretty much saying, did you see the promo? And Dustin's like, like I told Paul, sign the dotted line <laughs> and <laughs> talk to the WCW staff. And then out of nowhere, like Paul Orndorff comes out. And that's my favorite part of the whole segment. He's, he's just yelling at him. And then, like, Dustin goes, I know your real name, Paula. He's like, my name is Paula. <laughs> he gets so fucking mad about it. <laughs> he starts, like, throwing his robe off and shit. He, like, wants to fight him right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is juvenile as fuck. But Paul's over-the-top reaction just makes it fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like, he's calling him Paula. Like, what? that makes him okay i guess but yeah Uh, and it was a double interview like i said because uh the nature boy rick flair comes out and um as the nature boy comes out missy hyatt is being intercepted by security again (laughs) and then you hear rick flair missy missy we'll get our moment we'll party girl we'll party I tell you, Shivani, once they get a taste, they want more. They want <laughs> they want another ride. Woo! <laughs> uh so Ric Flair kind of does pretty much a repeat of his promo. He's like, I see Barry Windham with the NWA. I see, you know, Big Van Vader with Harley Race as a world champion. And he's like, Oh, it, first he says the NWA championship that I never lost. And then he goes into Vader. Uh, and pretty much says, you know, it feels weird. I should be a champion or something like that. He also uh, mentioned Dustin. Yeah, and Dustin. Um, so I was like, typical Ric Flair. He's doing his little, I'm the best, but in a baby face kind of way. Because yeah. everybody likes him. Uh, and then Arn Anderson comes out of nowhere. And talks sh- <laughs> By the way, which I which I find funny because Arn Anderson moves up to the security. He's like, and then you hear Ric Flair go, he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> Let him in, let him in. And then uh, I, I think the best part of the night was Arn Anderson in that interview. 
Um, because one, he talks shit about Eric Watts. He's like, my knee may be hurt and it's healing, but I'm still standing and alive. And then he starts to say, like, there's something happening with my forearm. I just can't see. And then he like put, puts up the four horsemen sign. It cramps in this specific way. <laughs> so is the four horsemen pretty much starting to brew again? They're alluding to it. I don't really recall if they form up again right now or not. I think that's a little bit later. I think it's like next year. Okay. Um, But they were good promos, I thought. You know, I mean, you should talk Ric Flair promo. Yeah. And like Arn Anderson's a good promo too. He's kind of underrated in that, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, But they repeated the same promos they did last week or the week before. They're almost the same promos. Yeah. And that, that was the only thing about, it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Missy Hyatt comes out again. They're still doing this thing with her. And I'm just like, when are, when are these, when's this stuff going to pay off? <laughs> you guys are starting to repeat yourselves a little bit. I wonder, then again, I don't know what's going on. Maybe because, like, she's getting dodged so much by Ric Flair that maybe she gets pissed off at Ric Flair and decides to manage Eric Watts, you think? Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's missy hyatt's hot young prospect eric watts yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I think get... she i think she gets involved with pillman and austin at some point actually that's pretty cool i think it doesn't last that long though no um yeah so that's the promos i have to admit like i'm highly entertained in wcw promos compared to wwe's uh wwf's so I mean, yeah, so far nobody's really cut like a really good promo at WWF yet that we've seen. Yeah, it hasn't really happened. I mean, you, you, Heenan doing his hijinks doesn't really count in my opinion. Um, I'm really trying to think about that now. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Razor did kind of a promo on Raw early, but it was kind of it was it was okay. It wasn't like great. Yeah. Um. So angry Paul Orndorff versus uh, Larry Santo. Yeah, and he comes out still mad. And now <laughs> the fans are chanting Paula at him, and it pisses him off. Yep. I wrote, he beats Santo around the ring and just kills him with a pile driver. Squash. <laughs> Larry Santo's gear is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? He's like wearing like a yellow diaper and green tights. Yeah. what it looks like. Like, what the f- I'm like, dude, like he, he was in a tag match before in a squash. It just didn't look as bad with that color combination. I guess it didn't stand out as much mm-hmm. this time. I'm like, God, dude, get some fucking change your shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I love how Jesse brought attention to how Paul Ordorff executes the power driver. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it. It was like, he jumped up like he said he would bam. And I was like, yeah, that's a damn good power driver. Actually. Yeah, I, I miss a lot of pile drivers, and uh, I mean AEW is kind of bringing it back with a lot of their pile drivers. But even like modern pile drivers are stupid because they they protect it too much and it looks fake. Um, a pile driver is a pretty simple move, honestly. I've been convinced that it, it's a safe move. It's just that that Owen Hart thing happened, and it, it freaked fucking WWF out bad. Yeah, and they're just like no more pile drivers unless the Undertaker does it. Yeah, but even when the Undertaker does it, it's so fucking lame because you can see him squeeze his head before he like 
or his knees touch the ground before the head does. Sometimes, so, sometimes it depends on how he does it. Sometimes he'll execute it with a little bit more anger. And then sometimes he like, like the one I always remember is when he did it to Shawn Michaels at the end of their second match, he fucking jumps in the air, <laughs> plants his ass. That was like great. Yeah. I remember that. That, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Undertaker, his brother. Um, Bru- oh, oh, yeah. Bruiser Mestino versus Sting. Yeah. And uh, Sting comes out to a massive pop. He's still over Sting. He's the Stinger. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this match? I thought Mestino, Mestin- or a.k.a. Kane, looked pretty good even back then. I wrote, that's gotta be Kane. Just like, <laughs> we fucking know who he is. Like, just looking at him. He has a very distinct, like, face and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there wasn't much to it. Like, Mustino got some, a little bit of offense on Sting, but Sting no-sold half of it. Yeah. Like, he scoop-slammed him, and then Sting just stood up and looked at him, and then scoop-slammed him back. <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay. And then, and they did that shit where, like, he did overpower him once. I think he tried to do a shoulder block, and then, like, Sting tried to, like, match him, and he just launched him across the ring. I think that... And, I think and he did a John Cena thing. He was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what they're trying to do, feed off is, like, even though he lost to Vader, he brought down Vader. So, like, he's now this, like, killer of, like, big, strong men now, like, Mastino is bigger than him, and he's just like fucking killed him pretty much. Yeah, like they they protected Sting in that match basically. Like it, he lost it, but it wasn't like oh he got his ass kicked and he fucking lost. Yeah, it it, it seemed more like Vader managed to beat Sting mm-hmm. because it was a close match. That's the way it came off to me. Yeah, so I I think they're just like oh we're just gonna keep him strong until eventually we put the belt on him. And I think that's where it's leading to. Um, overall, I this was very predictable, even though I knew, know it's Kane. <laughs> it's Kane! It's Kane! It's gotta be Kane! Sting shoves his face into the turnbuckle ten times. Yep. And then Stinger splashes him and then puts the Scorpion Deathlock and it's over. Okay, since you brought this up. Scorpion Deathlock versus the Sharpshooter. What's better? Sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I I never really liked the Scorpion Deathlock, even though it's pretty much virtually the same move. It's just Brett puts a little more oomph into it, while Stinger, he just stands there and just goes, Woo! He does the thing. He has a very distinct, when he turns him over, he, like, puts his hand up and kind of yeah. moves. It's like to keep his balance. Fucking Brett just sits on you. Fucking dead. He sits on your ass and the fucking spine compresses and you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, since I'm calling him Kane, since Kane ha- had a little bit of offense, I gave it a five point two out of ten. I called it a squash because he did like two things. I gave it. A, I gave it a little bit because I was like, oh, you got a few things in there. That's fine. You do you. Yep. Um. So Sting had. I, I don't know what they were going for. I, I think Sting had something where they were probably going to push like a storyline. And they're just like, wow, the crowd is so fucking loud. I can't do it. So I'll just end it with the crowd. Woo! 
you, you guys happy to be here? And I was like, okay. Okay, yeah, it's like okay, there's no problem. I guess Sting just goes, wow, and then like they're like, oh, and then he's like, yeah, they're and so yeah, everybody's it, happy. Yeah, I I guess they wanted to end it on a happy note, and I think Sting was probably gonna push it on a storyline promo, whoever he's gonna face next. And, and, Sid, and maybe maybe you don't know, uh, maybe we don't know. Maybe he was gonna get attacked at the end. Maybe, who knows. And then he just like said, you know what? We're just going to end it on a happy note. Everybody woo! <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> um, what do I have to say about this? There's a lot of, of squash matches. Um, I think the promos were better than Raw, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh, Even if like two of them were repeated. It's they're still good. It's just it's still coming from Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Dustin and Rip Rogers are probably the best match in the night for me. Yeah. Other than that, everything else was a squash match. Um, or it was just okay. Yeah. So, I might. I'm 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 gonna. This is gonna be a short lead. I'm still going to say WCW Saturday Night. Actually, no. I hate to say this. WWE wins this week for me. Or WWF wins. Um, they did for me, too. I'm going to go 5.50 5, 5. out of 10 for WCW. Because I think the Bret Hart match killed it for uh, WWF. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, uh, I didn't have much to say after it was over. I just said it seemed like there was some production and timing issues. And some stuff was starting to repeat, which I, I noted. Mm -hmm. They're kind of hitting the same bits. and Some people are hitting the same bits in their promos. Um, It, it was an okay show. I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. Mm -hmm. It had more of an even pace to it, I feel like. And... Uh, it was just like you had that match you had that really good match on on raw and then it was like the rest of the show was just kind of eh. mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas this show was like eh, okay then eh. <laughs> like it, there was more not quite peaks and valleys but there was more hills mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah i was like after i got done i was like wow raw beat wcw saturday night for the first time, and it was by a pretty big margin. Oh, for you, for a big margin. Mine was a small margin. Mine was big. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that is the first week of March. Um, so like we're going back to a bi-weekly schedule for now, even though we've been gone for a while. So that means the twenty eighth of January, we uh, of twenty twenty one. Uh, we will be doing the next week of March, 1993. Let me bring up the thing here. Fuck, we're, I just had it. There we go. March 8th for WWF Raw, and then March 13th for WCW Saturday Night. I don't know what's going to happen on those days. I just know that are we going to see a, a shift? Is WWF going to start to turn it around? And is WCW going to get stale? We don't know. I guess some 
something that was also brought up on the Saturday Night Show was the WCW Japan Super Show 3. Yeah, that was at the end. And, and I was like, and they're like, it's going to be tomorrow. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, they have like a big pay-per-view show this month, but it's like they don't have those Japan Super Shows on the network. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to go look at the card and see how it looks. And if you if could it find looks it good enough. Yeah. If I, that's what I was going to say. If it looks good enough and I can find it and it's good quality, I want to say maybe we should watch it. Okay. We'll add it part of the week then for that. Yeah. If we don't, if we don't talk about it next, we just decided not to do it. Yeah. We could just bring up what, what, what was in the card. Maybe who won. So, all right. I think we'll end it here unless you have anything else you want to bring up. I know. Okay. All right. So like I said in the beginning of the show, we are now have our own section on the interwebs for all the podcast stuff like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Red Circle. If you type in getting some color, um, we are on there and you can catch all our episodes on there. Uh, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and over Spotify and yada yada. So um, until next time, everybody, get some color. Peace.